Well, good morning. How y'all doing today? Are you excited to be here? I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I get excited to come hang out with y'all as we worship together, we take communion, and then we jump off into the Word, we study, and we grow together. Look at your neighbor and say, that's all good stuff. We want to grow in the things of God. And so today, uh, if you were here for the first time, we're actually wrapping up a series today that we've been in for the last several weeks called Worth Fighting For. We've been talking about uh, marriage and family. My wife actually spoke with me the last two weeks, and we spoke on family, talked about influencing our families in a great way, and uh, talked about having strong and healthy homes. And I actually decided to hold this series out for one additional week because there's a topic that I want to talk to all of you about today. This is a topic that actually addresses all of us. Doesn't matter if we're married or single, uh, if we're in a later stage of life, we're empty nesting, we got little babies. This is a topic that applies to all of us. And before we dive off into that, I do want to take a moment and welcome you. If you're here for the first time, it's great to have you with us. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the pastors here at Journey. And we're just blessed to have you as a part of this service today. Also, I want to take a quick moment and welcome everybody who is joining us live right now through social media. Uh, it's good to have you with us today and have you a part of this service. So Journey Church, let's give them a great big Journey Church welcome this morning. I love it. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do today. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about family. Today, we're going to talk about relationships, okay? Because how many of you in this room have at least one friend in your life? Raise your hand, okay? All right. If you didn't raise your hand, come see me after church. I'll be your friend, okay? We, we, we all have relationships. I don't care where you are in life. Every single one of us have relationships. Here's the issue. Some of those relationships are good, strong, healthy relationships, and some of those relationships actually can be damaging and destructive to your life. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, first of all, un the unhealthy relationships and how to deal with those. And then we're going to talk about the healthy relationships and how to build those, okay? And I guarantee you that whenever we start talking about this, everybody's mind is going. Everybody's thinking of somebody that's a good friend. Everybody's thinking of that person like, man, I, you know, I'm glad that I'm friends with old so-and-so. We've been friends for a long time. They're a good friend, and, and that's all awesome, okay? And then when I say unhealthy, instantaneously your mind goes to somebody else who maybe is a bad influence in your life, okay? Okay, so here, here's what I want to do. A little, little pop quiz, okay? This is like school. How many of y'all have a friend who's a good influence on you? Raise your hand. How many of y'all here have a friend who's a bad influence on you? Raise your hand, okay? Some of y'all scared to raise your hand. You're like... Is he, are they here? I don't know. <laughs> don't raise your hand for this one. How many of y'all are the bad influence? Ooh, don't. Mm -hmm. Don't raise your hand for that one, okay? Let Jesus work on you, okay? Because here's the reason why. Remember, this series is all about change. Because typically, we're all about change, but we want God to change other people. Change my spouse, change my kids, change my friends, change my boss, change all these people. But you know the only one you really can change is who? yourself. So what about this? What if our heart was God change me, shape me, work on me, okay? So everybody say, everybody say change me. change me. That's the heart of this series. And today we want to make sure that we have the right relationships in place because good, healthy, strong relationships are worth fighting for, okay? And so I started thinking earlier about 
uh, negative influences on our lives. And I started thinking back whenever I was junior high-ish, somewhere in that age bracket, uh, there was a certain individual who came into my life that actually became a very negative influence on my life. And uh, he was a little bit older than me. He was a part of our family, and I love him dearly. But the problem was I was at a very young and impressionable age, and he was at the place where he was like, you need to do this and you do that, giving me counsel, telling me to do stuff that really was not healthy. And so here's the thing. So many times we're afraid to stand up and say, no, I don't want to do that because that goes against the teaching that I was taught growing up by my parents. And so many times we just fall right off into that and it's very unhealthy for our lives. And so if you are here today and you're a young person, you need to pay attention to this message as well. Because where you are in life, you are very, at a very formidable age. Well, Pastor Jay, what's the big deal? Well, here's a verse that I base this entire message off of. It's a verse that we uh, pounded into our kids' heads when they were growing up. My mom taught me this verse. And it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Man, what a great verse that is. And here's the thing. It is easy to take that verse and say, no, 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 I, I, I do have good company and I, I'm, I'm good character. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang out with people who are bad company and I'm going to pull them up. I'm going to lift them up, okay? But what I like about this here is it very plainly tells us, look at the first four words, do not be misled. In other words, don't be foolish. Don't get caught up in this fantasy idea that you're going to influence all these people as you hang around with them if they had bad character. Because here's what happens more often than not. The bad character pulls you down. You ever had that happen before? You go into a situation, I'm going I'm to be the positive influence in this situation. The next thing you know, you're just as negative as all them. Okay? That's what happens in situations like this. So what I want to do is we're going to talk about unhealthy relationships, but let's talk about common unhealthy relationships that we oftentimes face. Different personalities that we encounter, what do they look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, you actually have people, the very first one I want to talk about, we talk about unhealthy relationships, are the, the ones who are continually negative. You ever been around a negative person before? They're, I call them negative Nellies. They're just pulling you down all the time, negative about everything. I like to say it like this. If they won the lottery, they'd complain and just be negative about the amount of taxes that they have to pay because they're just constantly negative. And here's what they look like. They're judgmental. They're critical. They love to gossip. They're complainers. And there is never anything good enough for them. You ever been around somebody like that? Yeah. Are you somebody like that? No. Mm, okay. <laughs> remember we're talking about God changing us okay sometimes we have to come to grips in terms of some things in our life if God is going to change us but so many times we get caught up in relationships with people who are continually negative and we think well I'll be the positive force in this relationship and then the next thing you know you begin to be a little bit more negative and a little bit more negative and a little bit more negative and a lot more negative it begins to build in your life so watch that. Here's another one. Uh, this is one that, that is very common as well. The ones that I like to call the control freaks. You ever been around a control freak before? 
They love to control every aspect of your life. And these people are ones that you get into a relationship with. They can be overbearing, demanding, manipulative. Sometimes they're abusive. Now, a lot of times we think when we think of abuse, we're thinking like, like this. But a lot of times they're just verbally abusive with us. Okay? They're going to badger us with their words to get us to do what they think is best for our lives. Okay? And, and that is somebody who is a control freak. They will oftentimes use fear and guilt to try to manipulate you to get you to do what they think it would be best for your life. And in essence, it comes down to this. They're using fear and manipulation to get you to do what they want you to do. Okay? They want to control your life. And here's what happens. That guilt, that fear, you decide you want to push that off, and then they heap the guilt and the fear on you, and you just stay, it's like a pattern. You just stay right there in that cycle. Here's another one. These are the ones that I'll call the tempters, okay? These are people you get into a relationship with, friendship with, whatever, and they're a negative influence on your life because they're tempting you to do things that are not godly, they're not good for your life. It could be a, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend that, that you're in a relationship with, they're trying to tempt you sexually. You know what, what's the big deal? We're in love, everybody's jumping into bed and all this kind of stuff. Beware of that. Run from that. Actually, Proverbs says that. Run from that, okay? Uh, it could be one of your buddies who's like, you know, let's go out tonight. Let's go clubbing or, hey, we, you know, let's look at pornography or whatever it might be. These are destructive things for your life, and they are trying to tempt you in a way to draw your heart away from the things of God. Beware of relationships like that. Now, these types of relationships, uh, I know you're like, well, Pastor Dave, man, you, you really talked on some, some pretty harsh things there. Those are some pretty bad things. Well, these are all types of relationships that are very unhealthy. Remember, we're going to talk about unhealthy, then we're going to talk about healthy. What does healthy look like? So these are all unhealthy relationships to be involved in. And here's the conundrum. Because as Christians, our goal is to minister to people, okay? We want to reflect the character, the nature, the love of Jesus to people. So how do we do that and biblically manage the different relationships that we have in life? How do we keep ourselves where we, we need to be at with God and still have different relationships within our life? Because I'm going to tell you something. We all have a bunch of different relationships. We got church relationships. We got neighborhood relationships. We got relationships on the soccer field. We got relationships at work. We got relationships all over the place. You even got relationships at Walmart. You go there, the cashier knows you. Maybe at the donut shop, you go in and they're like, oh, you want extra sprinkles? You know, I mean, whatever it might be, you go in, they, you have different types of relationships. Just so you know, sprinkles on donuts, that's pretty good stuff right there. Okay. I don't know where that came from. That's the Holy Ghost for somebody. All right. So here's the deal. We look at this and say, how can I biblically manage all the different types of relationships that I have? Well, here's what I want to help you understand. You can't help anybody unless you're strong and healthy yourself. If you're not in the Word, if you're not spending time in prayer, if you're not regularly worshiping with your church family, if you're not growing in your relationship with the Lord, then guess what? Chances are you're not really going to be able to help anybody spiritually, okay? We need to all strive to be growing continually in our walk with the Lord and to represent the Lord in a, in a great way when we're in interacting with people in these relationships. It's kind of like this. Here's a great illustration of that. Uh, Stacy and I, when we uh, went on our trip a couple weeks back, we flew like every airline that, that America has. Uh, we flew United, American, we flew Delta. We were all over the place, y'all. 
And I notice while I'm sitting in my seat, the little stewardess, they step up and they start giving directions. Y'all know that little spiel that they do. And I'm sitting there and she's, you know, she's like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the pathway is lit and, you know, exits, you know, and just, you know, mm, mm, okay. And then she pulls out the seatbelt, you know, it shows you how to clip it. Between me and y'all, okay, this is live too, I forget, and y'all, uh, <laughs> if you don't know how to clip a seatbelt, you got issues, okay? I'm just saying. And I'm sitting there watching, and most of, 99% of the time, I tune all that out. I pull out the little magazine, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, cool. Look, I can get, you know, like this that I don't even know from this store in the mall, the Sky Mall thing for $700, you know? Don't even know what it is, don't even need it, but I'm going to get it, okay? So magazine, I, I didn't pulled it out. I'm watching this girl and nobody's paying attention to her. And I felt bad, y'all. I really did. So I started paying attention to her. I'm like, I got you. I, I got you. I'm like, you're doing a good job. I'm like, you know, all that, you know, seatbelt clipping. Yeah. You know, yeah. I learned the spiel. I did. And uh, so anyway, she said something. She said, if oxygen masks fall from the cabin, you know, make sure you put on your oxygen mask before you help anybody else. Now, that doesn't really sound, I mean, because you think on the, on the surface, you're like, well, that's not very nice. Because we're here at Journey, and we're all about serving. We don't just go to the church. So we're going to help people put their oxygen masks on, right? That's what we do, okay? But guess what happens? While you're putting other people's oxygen masks on, you know what happens to you? You die, okay? Because <laughs> there's no oxygen, and, and you're up in this, this you know, climate, and the cabin's depressurized, there's no oxygen, you're helping everybody else out, and you die, and they just keep on going on doing their thing, panicking, freaking out, and, and you don't make it, okay? So the point is, the reason why they want you to put on your oxygen mask first is so that you can get healthy, you can get strong, so that then you can turn and help other people, okay? What does that have to do anything in regards to a message, Pastor Jay? Everything, okay? Because we have to make sure that we are strong and healthy so that we can help other people around us that God places in life with us, okay? So a lot of times we neglect ourselves. We go without spending time in the Word. We go without spending individual worship time. We go without, you know, spending time in prayer and all this kind of stuff. And, and we get weak in our Christian state. And, and then we, you know, want to help other people. And a lot of times we're very ineffective. And so that's why it's so important that we maintain that we are in the Word, that we're in prayer, that we're worshiping, that we come worship together corporately as the body of Christ because we want to be able to help other people. But, but what about these relationships that we get? And we're talking about spiritually strong and healthy relationships. How do we stay spiritually strong and healthy in relationships, okay? And so I want to give you two things. Everybody hold up two fingers, okay? And some of these things that we're going to talk about can be a little harsh, but they are biblical, okay? 
Here's the first one. I, I love to talk about this topic because this is very healthy. We're going to say strong and healthy spiritually so that we can have good relationships. The first thing that you need to do is you need to be at the place where you're willing to maintain healthy boundaries with other people. Now, here's what I mean by that. That word maintain is in there for a reason. Everybody say maintain. maintain. We're going to come back to that here in a moment. But first of all, what does a boundary do? Well, a boundary actually keeps the bad out and it keeps the good in. Now, on the surface, you hear that and you say, well, that doesn't sound very Christ-like. That doesn't sound very Christian. Actually, it is very Christian, very Christ-like. Because you go and you look, at the you look at the life of Jesus Christ, what did Jesus do? Jesus loved everybody equally, okay? But he didn't treat everybody equally. You say, well, that doesn't sound nice. Well, th think about this. How many disciples did Jesus recruit? It's not a trick question. How many did you You're like, was there like a secret disciple? <laughs> it's, it's easy. How many did he recruit? Twelve, okay. And uh, when he, would, he recruited these, he didn't go recruit 1,200. He didn't go recruit like a, a million. He recruited 12 gentlemen that he had around him in close proximity that he was working with, discipling, pouring into their life. Here, here's another thing. Jesus would walk through a crowd of people, and oftentimes he didn't heal everybody. He just healed specific individuals that were there. A lot of their stories we actually know. So Jesus, he loved everybody equally, but he didn't treat everybody equally because, honestly, he just couldn't. There were so many people, and there was only one Jesus. So here's one, another good example. He had boundaries in place with the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees were the religious leaders. They were very hypocritical, and they were the ones who ultimately took Jesus to the cross. But here's a thought for you, because Jesus had these, these uh, boundaries in place. He kept them at arm's length so that he could accomplish the mission that his father had for him. Here's something else maybe you didn't even realize. Jesus even had boundaries in place with those who were close friends as well. Here's a good example of that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus knows What's about to take place, he's soon to go to the cross. He begins to speak about that, and Peter steps up and says, Jesus, no, absolutely not. We would never allow that to happen. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but only merely human concerns. Now, Peter, very noble what he was actually stand, stepping up. But Jesus is saying, hey, guy, you're trying to keep me from the will and the purpose of my father, Okay. So it, it's, it's not a good day when Jesus calls you Satan, all right? So, but basically he was saying, I'm not going to allow the enemy to use you to keep me from God's will and purpose for my life. So there, there's boundaries there that we see. So it is a good thing to put boundaries in place within relationships so that you do have strong and healthy relationships. Now, notice this. What was the first word that we had up there? It was what? Maintain healthy boundaries. The reason why I put that up there is because this. I wanted to kind of focus on that just for a moment. You need to maintain healthy boundaries because there are people that will constantly try to erode those boundaries. They will push the boundaries. They will try to step over the boundaries. And you have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've got to be emboldened by the Holy Spirit to stand your ground and say, no, no, these are there for both me and you so that we can have a strong and healthy relationship. So we're growing together uh, in this relationship. So, okay, that, that's a good thing. We're going to maintain those boundaries. But what do you do when somebody won't respect a boundary? Pastor Jay, I, I put boundaries in place and this person just won't respect them. 
They're actually making fun of them. They're, they're, they're saying that I'm not a good friend. And they're continuing to tempt me. They're criticizing me. They're abusing me. Verbally, maybe. I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe even physically. I don't know what your situation is. I tried to put these boundaries in place, but it still continues. The relationship is somewhat, here it is, toxic. What do I do in a situation like that? Well, I'm going to say this without even feeling a tinge of guilt or remorse. You've got to learn to cut out toxic relationships. Okay? Look at, look at your neighbor and say, cut out. Cut it out. I put sever, and I'm like, that sounds a little too harsh. So let's go cut out, okay? Cut them out, all right? Now, here's the thing. I want you to understand, and I've had to address this before. I'm not talking about divorce, all right? Uh, because if, you, if, you're, if you're having some issues in your marriage, you need help, okay? In your family, you need help. Come see me. Come see one of the pastors on staff. Go see a professional counselor, whatever. As I always say, we're not professional counselors, but we're a listening ear who's going to give you good, sound, biblical advice regarding your marriage. And if you need help beyond that, we, we can get you some professional help. You need help in your marriage, okay? And you don't want to cut that out. You want to work on that so that you can build it. What I'm talking about is when you're involved in a relationship, uh, could be a friendship, could be somebody who's extended family, could be somebody that you're dating, and that is a toxic situation. It is unhealthy, and you need, to, you need to make sure that you're at the place where you can cut that out. We see examples of this in Scripture as well, okay? You might say, well, where? Well, there's a story in the book of Acts. You go there, you see that Paul and Barnabas traveled together. The two giants of the faith doing great things for God. They traveled together, they preached together, they, they you know, worked on planting churches together, but they had a disagreement one time. And that disagreement came in between them, and it caused such a rift that they realized we can no longer effectively minister together. It is better for us to go our separate ways. Okay, So they said, you know what, we're going to cut ties here and go our separate ways, and we're going to each do our own thing. That way, we will continue to stay healthy and we can minister effectively. Paul also talked about uh, boundaries with those who are unbelievers in our life as well. Uh, here's a verse for you, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And I want you to hear this. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. That means joined together with unbelievers, like two, two oxen joined together by a yoke. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, let me clarify that a little bit because uh, on the surface, you would read that and say, well, that means that as Christians, we should never have anything to do with the world. You know, I got to go home and cut off all my friends that are not Christians, okay? You're not a Christian. I can't be friends with you anymore, okay? That's not what that means, okay? Honestly, as Christians, we need to be friends with lots of people who don't know Christ. And you say, well, why? Because we need to have people to lead to Jesus, okay? And we are the ones who are called to make a difference in this world for Christ, okay? And so we need to reflect Jesus, Jesus to them, show them his love, share the good news of the gospel with them so that their life might be transformed, just like all of our lives have been transformed, okay? And so we have a mission, a great commission from the Lord to go into the world and share the gospel. So we, need, we do need to be friends with ones who are unbelievers, but what he's talking about here is this. If you are a believer, you should not be dating somebody who is an unbeliever, 
Now, I know that's controversial. Pastor Jay, well, why would you say that? Because you as a believer dating an unbeliever, there's, missionary dating is not a good thing, okay? I'm going to lead them to Christ. Well, there's a good possibility that they might lead you the other direction, okay? So you shouldn't be dating people who are unbelievers. You should not be marrying people who are unbelievers. You say, well, why is that? Think of all the issues that you are going to have down the road, especially whenever you start having kiddos and all that kind of stuff. Here's another one. You should not become business partners with somebody who has a very different set of values than you, you do. Uh, I've actually witnessed this firsthand with different people that I've known through the years. And I've never seen it in good. A lot of times by the end of it, the business is dissolved and both people hate each other, okay? Uh, and so that's why Paul, he's not being mean here. He's just saying, hey, the light of Christ lives inside of you. And you're friends with somebody who the light of Christ does not live in. In fact, there's darkness within their life. And what fellowship do those two have together in unity and walking in life together connected as one? Talking about marriage and dating, all that kind of stuff. And so he's saying, don't do that. And here's the thing. We talk about making sure that, that we're growing together in the things of God, that we're growing in our relationship with God. I want you to understand that, that if you're not careful, it actually can be somewhat dangerous for you. You might say, well, how can that be dangerous for me? Think of it like this. Let's just say that you enter into a business agreement, a partnership with somebody who has very different values than you. You're a believer, they're not, and they have some issues with being unethical within their life. They don't even see it as a big deal. And that you could get yourself in trouble with the IRS. You could get yourself in trouble with the law. It's not a healthy situation. Uh, here's another one, very dangerous situation. Let's just say you're at work and uh, your coworker starts flirting with you. Okay? What business does light have with darkness? You know what you do in a situation like that? You run. Okay? Coworker says, well, you listen so much better than my spouse listens to me. Red flag, uh, you need to run. Okay? Here's another one. Let's be friends on social media, and the next thing you know, start messages start going back and forth. What do you do in that situation? You run, okay? Well, first thing you do, you make sure your spouse knows about that, okay? And then you run, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, run. run. All right. I just want to make sure everybody knew that, okay? Here's another one. For all my single friends here today, let's just say you're dating somebody. Let's just say you're dating, ladies, you're dating a guy, he's a jerk. Okay, run from that. Guys, let's just say you're dating somebody who's a little cray-cray, okay? Yeah. She, you know, is that okay? Is that okay? I guess. Let's just say she's, I don't even know what to say in regard, like, what's another? Oh, she's cray-cray, okay. Run from that. Here it is. Let's just say she's overly dramatic. That sounded very Christ-like, didn't it? <laughs> Let's just say she's cray-cray, okay? <laughs> you need to run from that, all right? Because so often people get caught up in these relationships, and it's not healthy, it's not good, it's not what God has for you. And how many times have we missed out on God's best because we settle for what the devil puts in front of us? Okay? All right, so... Uh, you need to cut out toxic relationships. Here, here's, the, here's the next thing I want to tell you. Let's, let's shift. Okay, let's shift over to healthy. Let's talk about healthy friendships, healthy re relationships. What does that look like? Here's what I want to tell you. The right friends to have are those who are life-giving. What does that look like? They make you better. 
you like being around them and you like the way that you feel when you walk away from them. The, the greatest way that I could describe this, I came up with this in the first service. Y'all remember uh, Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call? You remember whenever Bill Murray, he's on the ground, he's covered in slime. They come up to him and, and he, what did he say? I got slimed. He slimed me, whatever, okay? When you walk away from somebody who is toxic, when you walk away from somebody who is controlling, abusive, whatever the situation might be, a lot of times you just feel like you've been slimed. It's the only way I can describe it. Versus somebody who is life-giving, you walk away from them, they walk away from you, and man, you, you feel better. They just lifted you up, they just encouraged you, they helped make you better, you've helped to make them better, and you cannot wait to get back together again for lunch or to hang out with your families to hang out or whatever, because it is a life-giving, godly relationship, okay? Those are the right types of friends to have in your life. And whenever I think about those relationships, the top of the list, you know who is at the top of my list? My wife is. You know, I, I'm, hang on, I'm not, I'm not saying that to get extra points or to make, you know, like, oh, Pastor Jay, oh, so sweet. I'm not, I'm saying that is because she's my best friend. She's life-giving to me, I'm life-giving to her, but at the same time, she'll also tell me the things I need to hear, and I'll tell her the things that she needs. We share everything with each other, Okay. And in your marriage, if you're struggling or, or, or lacking in that area, that's an area that you can begin to work on. Work on your friendship together. Grow in your friendship together, okay? So that, that's top of the list. But then I begin to think about, uh, well, let me share the scripture with you because this, this is so good for marriage. Proverbs 18, 22, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure, okay? Guys, listen to me closely. Your wife is a treasure, Okay? It's good to reach over and squeeze her hand right now. Just say, yeah, okay. And walk out here and be like, my little treasure, you know. I'm a little, sp all right. But what about beyond that? Because my wife just left me for three days, you know. She took off to go to Dallas, go to a pastor's conference. I was lonely, okay. Man, I was, yeah, I called her like 30 minutes. I'm like, I miss you. She's like, I'm not even out of Bat Rouge yet. But guess what? The cool part is I have other friends that I, I went and hung out with, and, and we, we had fun together. One of my friends, uh, y'all heard me talk about him before. His name's Micah Vadreen. Micah, very dear friend. Great man of God. Uh, he lifts me up. I lift him up. We have this knack of being able to call each other in the right situation. It's just the Holy Spirit. First person I called whenever I found out about the flooding happening here. You know who it was? Micah. I was actually, I called and talked to him. He reassured me, you know what, it's going to be tough, but everything's going to be all right. I'm praying for you. And then as we started driving in and we started seeing everything, I started getting emotional and I called Micah. And you know what Micah did? He prayed with me. Spent quite a long while on the phone. Just for, He didn't know what to say. He just prayed with me. Those are the types of friends that all of us need within our life. Life-giving friends who build us up, who make us better. Another good friend that I can think of. He was in the first service, my friend Casey. Uh, actually, he and I hung out together yesterday for a little while. Casey and I have been friends for, for a very long time. And uh, Casey actually came to Journey, he and his family, back whenever we were building this building. We were meeting in a school. And uh, Casey, they walked in. And in those days, if we had a, you know, we had a visitor, a guest walk in, we'd get all excited, like, oh, my gosh, there's, there's visitors here, you know. <laughs> Calm down. Don't freak out and scare them away, okay? 
So I remember they walked in as he and his wife, Wendy, and their four girls. And I'm just like, you know, I'm preaching. I'm like, man, we got, we got people here, you know? And I'm like, as soon as this service is over, I'm going to go talk with them. So I close my eyes. I'm praying. Jesus' name, amen. I open my eyes. There was a, the door to get out was on the side. I open my eyes. They're gone. I'm like, oh, man. Well, the next week, they were back. And I'm like, yeah, I got another chance. So at the end of the service, I closed my eyes. I started praying. I started walking to the door. I, I got to the, I'm standing in the doorway. I'm like, in Jesus' name, amen. There they are. And I'm like, I got you. I got you. All right. So Casey, good friend that has just been in my life for many years. And there's a lot of others. Mr. Johnny, Mr. Carl, Jeremy, different ones that I have in my life that are good friends to help build, make you better as you walk through life. Well, Pastor what why is this such a big deal? Well, let me walk you through Scripture. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal. Proverbs 27, 9. The heartfelt uh, counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Proverbs 27, 17. A friend sharpens a friend. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture of good life-giving friends who will build you. So all of us, we need to develop wise, life-giving friendships. How do we do this? Well, let me walk you through something that I've actually walked y'all through before. That is, it's just kind of the, the tactic that I use. The first thing you need to do is you need to identify the VIPs in your life. I call them VIPs, very important people that God has placed in your life. And they're there. Who, do you, who is it that you spend the most time with? Who is it that you value their opinion the most? Who is it that you simply like being around? Those are the VIPs in your life, Okay. Ones that men or women of God that you interact with uh, that, that you can begin to develop a relationship with. And here's another one. Are they influencing you in the right direction? Are they speaking things in you that are helping you become more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Okay? The ones who make you more like Jesus are the ones that you want to develop a relationship with. And then here's the next one. You need to commit. Everybody say commit. commit. You need to commit to investing in life-giving relationships. Now, the best place for that, in my opinion, some of y'all already know this answer, life groups. Life groups are a great place for you to be able to develop those relationships. Stacy and I, over the years of life groups, we have uh, made so many different friends. People that we didn't even know came to church here. We, we knew them for years. You shake your hand. How you doing? It's good to see you. But in life groups, really begin to develop relationship with them. And so I would tell you, get involved in a life group and begin to commit to investing in life-giving relationships. Amen? Amen. Now, here, let me tell you what happens. Uh, I say this to you guys on a regular basis because it's real. You hear a message like this, you recognize some things that need to change in your life. And in regards to relationships, this is so good. You walk out and the enemy cons you into not taking action, not putting boundaries in place, uh, not maybe taking some of those relationships that are toxic and pushing them off, cutting them off, whatever, and you don't take action. And guess what? Two weeks from now, you're, right, you're still right where you are, okay? You got you to take action, okay? You've got to begin to be, as we're, if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, it means that we take action in faith, okay? Because we want to be better. We want the Holy Spirit to change us every day, amen? So let's pray for that today. Lord, we love you. You're good to us, and we thank you for how your word speaks into our life and brings life to us, Lord God. I thank you that, Lord, your heart is for us to have healthy, strong relationships. You modeled that for us, Jesus. But, Lord, your heart is also for us to make a difference in this world. That's why you gave us a great commission. 
to step out in this world and share the good news of the gospel. And Father, I pray that you would open doors for us to be able to speak the gospel into people's lives. Invite people to church. Share our story with them, Lord God. And begin to come to the place where we can lead people to you, Jesus. I thank you that as we move forward in regards to our relationships, and Father, we will have the boldness of the Holy Spirit to be able to put those boundaries in place, Lord God, and to maintain those boundaries, Lord God, when people want to overstep them. Father, I thank you that we'll shrug off guilt, we'll shrug off fear, and Father, we will embrace your boldness, your love, your compassion. And Father, we will move forward committed to investing our lives into building other people around us, Lord God, and being in relationship with other people who will build us as well. And Father, we thank you for this. We praise you for who you have called us to be as your church. In Jesus' name, what's everybody say together? Amen. Amen. You love the Lord today? Let's give him a good hand clap today. Come on. Next week, we are actually jumping into a new series. I wanted to hold over one week just to share this with y'all, but I hope y'all enjoyed this message. It was a lot of fun. Here's what I want to ask y'all to do before anybody leaves, okay? Uh, At the beginning of the service, I did a salvation call, and there were quite a few of you who raised your hand. Do me a favor before you leave. Take a Connect card out, fill it out, check off the box that says, Today I gave my heart to Christ, and you can drop that at the Welcome Center. What I would really rather you do is I'm going to invite our prayer team to go in and begin to make their way here to the front in our altar area. I'd rather you bring that card up to one of our prayer team because they want to encourage you and talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. And here's what I want to tell everybody gathered here today. Uh, This prayer team is here for you. They pray for y'all all week long, and if there are things that you need prayer for or something, maybe prayer for a family member or a friend, come and let them join hands with you and just pray over that need, whatever it might be. Don't walk out of here with the same issues heavy in your heart, but come and let somebody encourage you. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet, and don't ever forget, we don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.